say. I think we already did that one. All right, and the next song we're going to do um, is often played at funerals, um, but I think it's a good reminder just of every day. Not only to walk through it with, with great uh, ability to do what you've called us to do, but that we may point others to you as we do that very thing. So we ask, Lord, uh, as we look to your word, that you would guide and direct us and help us to see what it is we ought to know to be encouraged this week and to live out a life that would glorify you and point others to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We started in the Gospel of John last week, and I'd ask you to turn there with me again. And as we get started, the message here is entitled, Following uh, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah the anointed one, the one that was proclaimed to be the Savior, even from Genesis 3.15, all the way back from the very beginning at the fall in the Garden of Eden. And so we come to, to John, and we find in John 1 the reality that Jesus is fully God, and He is fully man. And as we move down through the, the text last week, we, we discovered or were encouraged by the, the reality that not only is He God, but He is our Savior. And so in verse 12 through 14 it says, But as many as received Him, to them, that is, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And so we are reminded that we're not saved by the church we go to, by the good deeds that we may do, or probably don't do, by our family, our status in life, or our success. We have the forgiveness of sin and the gift of eternal life through God's grace by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done, and in who He is. So His name, it means that He is the Messiah. That is, He is God the Son, God in flesh, perfect, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose again. And so it's the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so we're not born of blood or our will, but... Of God. In verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Then we go on and we read in this passage about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, and we're going to kind of pick up in verse 23, he was saying, he said, This is John the Baptist, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. So this was after the religious leaders again asked him who he, who he is. And he says, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness as it is proclaimed in prophecy in Isaiah 40 verse 3. Make straight, and those words I added that comes from Isaiah 40 verse 3, but he says, make straight the way of the Lord as Isaiah the prophet said. And so as we go through this passage, I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time on, on the verses here, but I want to run through what we learned 
from verse 23 to the end of the chapter, there are many great truths that we can apply to our lives, many great things that we learn from this passage. We're just going to go over a couple of things briefly this morning. And as I was studying this, I, I was thinking about some of my earliest memories as a, a child. And one of my earliest memories was when I went to the huge grocery store called Denny's in Stapleton, Nebraska. This store was so big that it had three aisles or rows uh, that you could go up and down. And probably, I don't remember how long those aisles were, but, but it seemed pretty huge. Especially when I got separated from my grandma and grandpa. And I thought I was lost. And then Denny Barnum, the owner, said, um, your grandma's in the next row. But I thought I was lost. Now, it's a little crazy because as a boy, uh, I don't know what age I was, but earlier I would follow our dog. I'd follow him across the 92 Spur up on the hill where some folks lived. I would follow it all the way almost to the South Loop, which was about a a mile north of Gandy. And that time, I guess, Dad spanked me all the way home, which so I learned not to do it. But I didn't think I was lost. I was following my sister's dog. I had a companion, right? And when I was with my grandma and grandpa, whether it was a small store, which I thought was huge, when I was with them, I didn't think I was lost. But when I was separated, I thought I was lost. And so I want to challenge you that, to understand that we really are pretty lost unless we are walking with the Savior Jesus Christ. We may not feel lost, or maybe we will. There's more peace when we walk with Jesus than when we walk alone. There's more direction when we walk with Jesus than when we walk alone. But we are lost unless we are with Jesus. And so I want to challenge all of you to see that it is much better to follow Jesus than to go it alone. Last week we came to the conclusion that the follower of Jesus has the the answer for everything for a lost and dying world. And this week we could say the follower of Jesus has the answer for everything for life, for our own lives. But instead, let's, let's have this statement that's up there on the board already on the projector. The follower of Jesus will have impactful characteristics. That is, as you walk with the Lord Jesus, there's certain characteristics that will be seen by others and that you will have in your life that will impact those around you and your own life in a positive way. When we look at this passage, John and, and other Gospels, we find that the followers of Jesus had impactful characteristics. They weren't perfect at all, were they? But there were these characteristics that they developed, and you see some of them develop even after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which when after the day of Pentecost, we see them, the positive characteristics come out in full light and, and greater power. But these characteristics were impactful on their own lives and impactful, therefore, upon others. And so let's look at the the characteristics of a follower of God. The first 
characteristic of a follower of God goes back to John the Baptist. The John the Baptist, and we find that a follower of God points others to him. That is Jesus. A follower of God points others to to Jesus. And what we find in verse 6 and 7, it began, it talked about Jesus who is life and his life was the light of men. A light shines in the darkness. Did not, darkness did not comprehend it. And then, but there's a man. His name was John. He was not that light, but he came to bear witness or give testimony of that light. And then verse 23, we see that he's saying, hey, I'm the one that was told of in Isaiah that I'm trying to prepare people to make straight the way of the Lord to be prepared for his coming And so a follower of God will point other people to Jesus and they will prepare the way for them to understand who Jesus is. Now, of course, we can't can't compare ourselves to John the Baptist, really. But what we can see is is the idea that Jesus gave in John chapter 4 when he was talking to this woman at the well and afterwards when the disciples came and he talked about how some some water, some give plant the seeds and some see the growth. And yet then he said, but look out here, the fields are white, ready for harvest. But some of us will be engaged with other people around us trying to point them to Jesus and it's just going to be scattering the seed. Some of us may come along and we'll be the waterers. And we know this illustration, right? Pretty easy for us out here to understand. Uh, Everywhere, you know, people see things grow. People are often engaged in gardening. (laughs) And so it's a process, But every point of that process is important. And even if you're just the one um, who's proclaiming the reality, hey, you need to look to Jesus and you don't see the end results, continue to do it. Keep living and proclaiming Jesus. Or the question is, are you? Have you even tried? We also see in verse 26 through 36 that John the Baptist, not only did he, he prepare the way, but when Jesus showed up, and, and it's interesting, some of the, the dynamics and the things that took place, but he pointed to the way, that is Jesus. And the reason I use the word way or hadas in the Greek is that Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the only way, correct? Right? Amen? Jesus is the way. At least there is a way. Some people think they know the way, but they don't because they don't know Jesus because he's the only way. But John points them to Jesus who is the only way. And just for information for, for you, I think the next passage we'll try to memorize as a church is John 14, 1 through 6. Just a heads up. But he pointed to the way. The, the first believers were called, the movement was called the way. As a believers, we, they were following Jesus the way, so they called themselves the way. But he pointed the religious leaders to Jesus. Look at verse 24. The, these people had been sent, these scribes and and priests had been sent 
from the Pharisees, and they were asking him these questions. And then verse 35 through 37, so he pointed the people to Jesus. He pointed this, these religious leaders to Jesus. And then in verse 35 and 30 through 37, it says, again, the next day John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, behold, the Lamb of God. And two disciples heard him speak. And what did they do? They followed Jesus. And so he proclaimed the way, that is, He proclaimed who Jesus is, the Lamb of God, and his to his even his own disciples. And then we see these disciples who are following Jesus now in forty one and forty two. What do they do? He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, "We have found the Messiah," which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Hmm. So Andrew gets Simon Peter and says, We have found the Messiah. And then Peter follows Jesus. Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, Come and see. So the first question, of course, is do we know the way of eternal life, the way of peace? Do we know Jesus personally and intimately? Have we received Him by faith? Have we turned to Him for the forgiveness of our sins? Have you? Second, do you know the impact of those who have invested in your life to the point, to the point where you are now in Him? Has there, who, who said to you, hey, come and see the Messiah? Anybody? Or did you read Scripture and realize that you need Jesus? Who were the people involved? And third, do you do the same thing? Who are the people involved in, in encouraging you today? I, I like this quote from A.W. Tozer. It says, a spiritual man delights not to see himself honored, but to see his Lord promoted. Is that what we do? And if we don't do that, it might say a great deal about how much we follow Jesus, how much we walk with Jesus. Because a follower, follower of Jesus will have impactful characteristics. The second characteristic is that a follower of Jesus walks, remains, abides with Him. And so in verse 37 and 43, we see how they were walking with Jesus. This is pretty simple. He said, wow, what an observation. I could have made that one. My kid could have made that one. But do we really understand how important it is to not just say, hey, Jesus is my Savior, or Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and then not spend time with Him. We must walk with Him daily. Verse 37, look at it. In verse 37, the two disciples heard Him speak, and what did they do? Now you're saying, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. 
We're not there. Jesus isn't walking physically on the earth. But Jesus said in John, the Gospel of John, night of the Last Supper, hey, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, which is going to be a greater thing for you. Paraphrase. Because He can be with you at all times. So if we trust in Jesus as our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit. Are we walking with Jesus and being filled by the Spirit? But they immediately followed. Two disciples of John were following John the Baptist, a great prophet, teacher, until John pointed Jesus out to them and they just followed him. How many of us, if Jesus wanted us to, would leave what we're doing to do something else? Change directions. Change our lives. They walked where Jesus walked. In verse 43, Jesus told Philip to follow him. And what did he do? And the next day he purposed to go into Galilee and he found Philip and Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel. So not only did Philip decide to follow, but he told others. In 38 and 39, we see that they asked where Jesus was staying So we have stay with Jesus, remain or abide with Jesus. He said, come and see, and they did, right? They stayed where Jesus stayed. This got me to thinking, I wonder if Jesus ever got tired of them. Well, I know he went off to pray by himself, right? Also reminded me of Benjamin Franklin is is quoted as saying, guests like fish begin to smell after three days. You know, Jesus never got tired of them. He'll never get tired of us. The question is, do we take that for granted? Do we spend great time with Him and fellowship with Him? They had a relationship with Him because they were students and they were friends. Do we walk with Him? And you might say again, um... How? First again, have you trusted in Jesus seeking forgiveness for your sins? Asking the Lord Jesus to come into your life? Second, do you spend time with Him in in the Word? That is, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God. And as you study and as you read, do you spend time in prayer? And we should be people who pray all day long too. So do we talk to Him? Do we pray with others? Do we join others to, to study the Word? Reminds me of the song we learned earlier when we were memorizing Psalm 23. We really don't have... Time to go through this is around, but the Lord is my shepherd. I'll walk with him always. Are we? Are we walking with him? The follower of Jesus will walk with him, and it will give them powerful characteristics. J.I. Packer is also quoted as saying, if you ask, and so I just want to say, even in hard times, and And sometimes for us, when it's hard times, we walk more with Him, but not everybody. So even in hard times, do we walk with Him? And so if you ask, why 
is this happening, no light may come. But if you ask, how am I to glorify God now? There will always be an answer. So as we walk with Him, we ask Him to give us the strength and the peace. And we need to ask ourselves, how can I point others to Jesus Christ in this and give Him the glory? That will give you great purpose and encouragement. Finally, the third characteristic is that a follower of Jesus learns from Him. (laughs) Obviously, right? If you're a disciple and they call Him rabbi, right? So we we must be people who are willing to learn from Him. We find in this passage here that Jesus says to Nathaniel, this is an interesting passage where Jesus reveals his divinity to Nathaniel by saying, yeah, I saw you under that tree. <laughs> He's like, no one was around when I was under that tree. Whoa, who are you? You must be the Messiah. And Jesus said to him, because I said to you in verse 50 that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. They will witness, and they were witnesses of his greatness. And I believe if we, as we walk with Jesus, we ourselves will witness His greatness. Someday, physically, we will see His greatness as He returns. Praise the Lord. Not only will they, were they going to witness His greatness, and they did witness His greatness, but they obeyed His commands. And as we go through the Gospels and through the Gospel of John, we find that Jesus would tell them things to do, and they usually did it. They weren't perfect, right? <laughs> do we obey? We find in in the Gospels here, that if we're truly disciples of His, we will obey Him. And then, you know, WWJD, anybody ever remember that? What would Jesus do? Why would we even ask that question? Because we should do what Jesus did. did. And we should do what Jesus wants us to do. Do we live like Him? And so, you know, when I was a boy, uh, I loved hanging out with my grandpa Wanch. I loved doing the things he did, going where he was going, Um, and sometimes I would feel scared and lost if he was gone too long. You know, he he was a sheriff and brand inspector, so I couldn't go with him everywhere, but when he was working on his little place with his 8N Ford with his, I don't really like working with hogs, but his hogs and his, his fats and everything else that he had, and he was a brand inspector. I got to go with him, and sometimes he'd have to leave me in one spot and go do something, and I did not like that. And so the question again today is, are we okay with you know, just being by ourselves, not following after Jesus? Are we following him? Does it bother us if we're just doing things our own way? Does it bother us? Bother us if we're not spending time with Him, talking to Him, studying His Word? Because it should. 
So I want to challenge each and every one of you as you know, we're going to reflect here upon what Jesus has done for us so that we can have this relationship with him. So I also want you to reflect upon what, where you stand or how important it is for you to spend time with him every day. I want you to ask yourself, is it valuable to me to spend time in His Word and in time in prayer with the One who has given me eternal life, who has taken the punishment for me that was due me upon Himself so that I could be forgiven and have eternal life and a relationship with Him? Do we, you know... We're not alone, but do we live like we're alone? We are not alone, but some of us want to be alone. And I understand, I I like to be by myself, but not away from walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. I always know He's with me, even if I'm being a stubborn old cuss. Because then I feel His conviction. (laughs) I'm like, oh, just leave me alone. Do you love Jesus? Do you love spending time with Him? We uh, are going to have communion. So as we have communion, if there's conviction from the Holy Spirit upon you and you're unwilling to confess that as sin to Jesus, we ask that you not take communion with us. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't take communion. But if you do, join with us as we celebrate and worship Jesus who is fully God, fully man, and bore the penalty for our sins in His body upon the cross, who died and rose again. And praise the Lord, He has not left us alone. He has sent His Holy Spirit, and He is coming again. So we ask that you celebrate and worship the one true God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that you give Jesus thanks You know, a follower of Jesus will have many impactful characteristics. And today, we're going to reflect upon not only what He has done, but where we stand with Him and how well we are following Him and allowing those characteristics to be seen by others. So as the men come forward, and let's just give you, I want to give you a few minutes. I'll give you a couple minutes here to think about and ask the Lord to convict you if there's anything in your life that you need to confess. I want to give you a couple of minutes at the same time slot to just thank the Lord and talk to the Lord. Okay? And then I'm going to ask the men to come forward so we can take communion together. As I pray, I'll ask the men to come forward after that quiet time, okay? Okay. Let's... Let's spend some quiet time.